I ran across this this week, and it really hit me hard, and I was just going to read it. I'm going to try to get through this. <clears throat> I saw this picture, and I was instantly convicted. So many times I have been angry at God for the giving and taking away of things. And then I saw this picture of Mary, the ultimate example of God giving and taking away. Her life had to be so painful, yet she trusted God that the pain she felt was for her best, my best, and your best. We often desire faith like the disciples had because they seem so strong, but today my prayer is to have faith like Mary. She watched her son lay down his life for a world that would never truly appreciate it. Surrender now, I give 
It's running after me. become as little children. I, I know it. Bridget just told me the same thing. She said, now you've got to preach. <laughs> well, I've got to tell you, if that don't light your fire, your wood's wet. Um, my Christmas gift to you is that the sermon outline has already has the answers in it. Miss, well, I'm not going to tell Miss Vicky's name to y'all, but she said, she asked, oh wait, I did it, didn't I? She said, we've already got the answer, so we can just sing and go home, can't we? I said, you're not going to get off that easy. This morning, turn with me to John chapter 11. In John chapter 11, praise God that he is good all the time. Praise the Lord that He has been running after us and that He does run after us. Even though we are sinful, even though we are wicked, even though we want to do right and sometimes don't do right, God's love is right around the corner waiting for us. I'm thankful for our young ladies. Liza, that was a, a great job of singing. Thank you so much. And Macy, you did a great job taking up the offering wherever she's at. Okay, she's over here too? Yeah. I told her, she said, can I take up the offering? And I said, well, I don't, you know, we, we've never had, a, you know, a lady, a woman, a, a young girl take up the offering. And I said, go ahead and do it. I'll, I'll apologize later if anybody says anything. But uh, I know you're not. 
You know why? You know why I let her do that? Because she's a shakedown artist. All right, and she'll, you know, when she comes by, those cute little eyes and that precious little face, you can't help but put money in the plate. So we're probably going to do that a little more often, okay? Look, God is good to us. He gives us more than we deserve. In our passage of Scripture this morning, Jesus is dealing with a family that has suffered a loss. But in that, He is revealing Himself as the light of the world. Jesus has already said that in John chapter 8. He says, I am the light of the world. And you know in John chapter 1, He's introduced as the light. As John begins the gospel, He starts talking about the light being the Lord Jesus Christ. So as we read this morning, we're going to begin in John chapter 1. And we're going to read the first 14 verses, and then we'll go back to John chapter 11. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which gives light to every man coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through Him, and the world did not know Him. He came to His own, and His own did not receive Him. But as many as received Him, to them He gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in His name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. This morning we're going to see Jesus. We're going to see Him talking about the light and walking in the light. And He's going to be revealing Himself as that light. Let's begin reading now in John chapter 11, verse 1, and we'll read through verse 27 together. Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. 
after that, then after this, he said to the disciples, let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, lately the Jews sought to stone you, and are you going there again? Jesus answered, are there not twelve hours in the day? If someone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of this world. But if one walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. These things he said, and after that he said to them, Our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go that I may wake him up. Then his disciples says, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get well. However, Jesus spoke of his death, but they thought that he was speaking about taking rest in sleep. Then Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And I am glad for your sakes that I was not there, that you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go to him. Then Thomas, who is called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, Let us also go that we may die with him. So when Jesus came, he found that he had already been in the tomb four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, about, about two miles away. And many of the Jews had joined the women around Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him, but Mary was still in the house. Now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died but even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live and whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. The light of the world is the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray together. Father, we do bow before you asking for your, your Spirit to be moving in us today, teaching us and showing us more about Christ. And Lord, as we, as we study this passage of Scripture, help us to see you as the hope of the world, the light in a world of darkness, the rescuer, to those who are in need of rescue. Thank you, Jesus. In your name I pray. Amen. The light of the world. See, Jesus begins this passage of Scripture away from this family. And this family is suffering from the illness of their brother. Mary and Martha love Jesus, they love their brother, and their brother is sick. So they send word to the Lord Jesus in verse 3 
uh, it says, Behold, he whom you love is sick. And their request is pretty obvious. They're asking for Jesus to come and heal him because Jesus had healed many, most likely, in their presence. They knew who he was, as Martha's confession is later on. But hear the words of Jesus in verse 4. He said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it, through the sickness. You see, Jesus, the light of the world, has a purpose in everything He does. He has a purpose for this. He saw it. He knew it. He knew what was going to happen. He knew what was going to go on. He saw it ahead of time. Therefore, He was ready for it. But He was giving the disciples an idea about who He was in that He knew what was going to happen. There's a purpose in it, He said. This sickness is not unto death, but it is happening for the glory of God. It's happening so that the Son of God may be glorified through the sickness. Nothing is hidden from Almighty God. Not one thing. Even the things that you think that nobody knows but yourself, the, the things that happen when nobody else is around, no witnesses, no one to tell the story, God still knows exactly what's going on. Nothing is hidden from the light. Now, this is something that we don't care to think about. It hurts us to think this. Sometimes bad things happen, things that we consider bad, so that God may receive the glory from it. Sickness, even death, sometimes happens because there needs to be a glorification of God in it. Listen, this is very personal to me. I prayed for a long time, God, do whatever it takes to save my dad. It took me a long time to get there because I didn't want to pray that because I wasn't sure what God was going to do in order to get my dad's attention. The thought went through my mind at one time. If I pray that prayer... Would God take my mom away from me? Would my mom get sick or die in order to reach my dad? And I didn't want to pray that prayer. Then finally one day I came to it and I said, Lord, you know what you need to do to get his attention. And I said, so, whatever it takes, do that to save my dad. My dad got sick, had been sick for years now, but praise God, he got my dad's attention, and my dad was finally willing to talk about spiritual things, and praise the Lord, he accepted Jesus as his Lord and Savior. Praise God that even in his sickness, God received the glory through it. In verse 5, 
The scripture there says, Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. You see, Jesus loved them enough to allow God's purpose for their life to unfold. I love my dad and I did not want to give him up. But I praise God that I gave him up to God. Jesus loved Mary and Martha and the world enough to allow God's purpose to unfold in their life, whatever it would have been, so that He would receive the honor and the glory. Let me tell you this morning, I don't know what you're going through. I don't know your hurts. I don't know your pains. I couldn't tell you your intimate thoughts and those kinds of things, but God knows them. And believe me, there's a purpose in it. Believe me, it may hurt. It may be sickness. It may be death. It may be other things, but God has a purpose in order to bring about in you what He desires for you. And He loves us enough to allow that to play out in our life so that not only does He have our attention, but He receives honor and glory through what's happening. More times than not, it seems that there is hurt, there is suffering that brings us to glorify God. Because when everything's good, you know, sometimes we forget to glorify God. But when things get bad, when we can't seem to manage it on our own, it seems like then we're more receptive to what God wants in us and through us than at any other time. Know that God has a purpose in what He's doing. The Scripture says that Jesus waited a couple more days in verse 6, knowing what was going to happen, knowing that Lazarus was going to die, He waited two more days before He left to go to where they were. There was a purpose in it. Now, going forward, in verse 7, let's read a little further. Then after this, He said to His disciples, let us go to Judea again. Now, the disciples said to Him, Rabbi, lately the Jews sought to stone you, and are you going there again? Jesus answered, are there not twelve hours in the day? He's saying, right now the sun's shining. If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of this world. But if one walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. These things he said, and after that he said to them, Our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go that I may wake him up. Then his disciples says, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get well. However, Jesus spoke of his death, but they thought that he was speaking about taking rest and sleep. Then Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. Now go back up to what he just said in verse 11. I go that I may wake him up. 
And they say, well, if he's sleeping, it's okay. He says, no, oh, no, 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 he's dead. But he just told them he was going to wake, wake him up. You see what Jesus is telling them? I'm going to bring him back from the dead. And then he says this, And I am glad for your sakes that I was not there, that you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go to him. Jesus had just explained to them, Lazarus is dead, I'm going to raise him back up so that it will strengthen your faith. It will cause you to believe who I am. And the Son of Man, the Son of God, will receive the glory for it. The light has purpose for you. But listen, there's nothing in your life that Jesus can't handle because the light has power for you. Jesus just told him, Lazarus is dead, but I can fix that. Jesus says, Lazarus has passed away, but I'm going to go call him back. I'm going to go stand him up. I'm going to cause his heart to beat again. I'm going to cause his lungs to breathe again. I'm going to cause his mouth to talk again. Jesus told His disciples and those that were listening in John chapter 8, verse 12, I am the light of the world. Then in chapter 12, in verse 35, He tells us to walk while you have the light. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8, it says, For you were once in darkness, but now you are light in the world. Walk as children of light. And in 1 John chapter 1, verse 7, it says, But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. Walk in the light because He is in the light. Jesus has said, I'm the light of the world. And the light has power to keep you in whatever circumstance you're in. And Jesus said, I go that I may wake him up. I go that I may wake him. Understanding what was happening, understanding everything about what, what was needed, his purpose was to wait a little longer so that when Lazarus was dead, four days, so that it would be no mistaking that he was dead, four days in the grave, and he said, I go that I may wake him up. And he turns to his disciples and says, I'm glad for your sakes. Because you see, they were like us. They were hard-headed, hard to understand, hard to, to get to a, a point to where we, we know who Jesus is. And he said, I'm glad for your sakes that Lazarus is dead. Not that Lazarus is dead, but I'm glad for your sakes that you're going to see me do what I'm about to do because it's what I'm about to do that's going to strengthen you in your walk with Almighty God in belief that I'm the Son of God. So, let me, let me tell you this. When you experience the power of God, when you are a witness 
to what God does powerfully in your life, nobody can take that away from you. And nobody can convince you that it wasn't God. And your faith, your belief is so strengthened. There's nothing like a personal experience with God. Let me tell you about mine. When I was a boy, and I just visited the church where I knelt at the altar and prayed to accept Christ as a boy. And I remember the prayer. I remember the Lord telling me, you were saved that day. And then I remember this week, I was able to to stand behind that pulpit of that same church and tell the world, tell everybody that would listen that my dad has accepted Christ as his Lord and Savior and that at that point of his death, he went to be with Jesus. And the strength, the presence of God around and in and among my family to accept the death of my father was amazing to witness for me. And I know that I couldn't do all the things that happened. I couldn't have been a part of it had it not been for God intervening. When you experience God working in your life, nobody can tell you that it's not Him. And Jesus says, I'm glad for your sakes because I want you to see what's about to happen. So hang on. God has a purpose in your life. And He has the power to glorify Himself in what He's about to do. So hang on. Because He's going to come through. For you. He has a purpose for you. He has power for you. And then beginning in verse 23. I'm sorry, verse 17. So when Jesus came, he found that he was already, had already been in the tomb four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles away. And many of the Jews had joined the women around Mary and Martha, Martha and Mary, to comfort them concerning their brother. Then Martha as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him, but Mary was still in the house. Now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Think about that for a moment now. That's what Jesus had just told his disciples. I'm glad that I wasn't there because I would have healed him. But he, he that's wrong. Jesus would still have allowed God to work in his midst. But Jesus was not there so that when he died, Jesus would come later on to resurrect his body. But Mary, Martha says, Jesus, if you'd have been here, he wouldn't have died. And then she asks this, or, or says this, this statement. And, and this, is, this causes me to, to really wonder. Martha said, to, or Jesus said, I'm sorry, Martha, but even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. What is she asking Jesus to do there? She says, if, if, if you had been here, he wouldn't have died. But even now, even now, four days after his death, I know that whatever you ask God to do, God will do for you. And 
And Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Your brother will rise again. And she says, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. And then Jesus says, I am. I am the resurrection and the life. Hey, look. This is a promise from the light of the world to us. He has a purpose for our life. He has the power to complete that purpose in our life. And He is promising us that He will complete the purpose for our life. If we allow Him to. Because He's not going to force His way into your heart, into your life. He's not going to force Himself on you. He's going to give you the, the line in the sand and say, this is what you must do in order to receive Me, and then you must follow Me. You see, He allows us to cross that line. He allows us to come to Him. He wants us to come to Him. But He will not force us. Jesus says, He will rise again. And Martha says, I understand that we're all going to rise again at the resurrection on the last day. And the, Jesus says, oh no. He said, I am the one who causes everybody to rise again. You know what it says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 14. Or in that passage of Scripture, it talks about those who are alive and remain who will be caught up into the air to meet the Lord Jesus. But it says this also, For we believe that Jesus died and rose again. Even so, God will bring with them who sleep in Jesus. Those who sleep in Jesus. You see, the Bible teaches, and this is my belief, that when we... Uh, when we close our eyes in death, that immediately following that closing of eyes in death, that we open our eyes up in the presence of Almighty God because to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And when the Lord comes again, guess who's going to be with Him? All those who have died in Christ Jesus. So Jesus tells Martha, your brother will rise again. She says, I understand the resurrection. And, she says, and Jesus says, oh no, you don't. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. I believe he's describing Lazarus in verse 25. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. That may be a misinterpretation of the Scriptures. Please don't bank on what I'm saying. But I apply that to Lazarus because Lazarus had died and he's about to live again. But then, for all those who place their faith in Jesus, for whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Shall never die. What that means to me is simply this. This body we know is fading away. And one day it will give up the true us. It's a clay pot. It's a tent that we live in right now. But one day our true self will go to be with Jesus. And the, the moment that our soul leaves our body and this body dies, we will go to be with the Lord Jesus and forever live in His presence. Whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. 
Now Jesus describes, or the second death is described, death is described in the book of Revelation. You know, we all, if the Lord tarries and doesn't come in, 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 a, in the rapture, then we will, we will leave this earth in the same fashion that all mankind has, except for a few that have been taken home to be with God without dying. But we have the hope of the Lord Jesus Christ. Whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Jesus is the resurrection. He is the life. And whatever purpose He has for you, He has the power to bring it about in your life if you allow Him to. That's His promise. And a very important question that He asked Martha at the end of that. Do you believe this? Do you believe it? Now hang on, because before you say you believe it, you see what happens is whatever you believe will be acted out in your life. Your behavior comes from your belief. If you believe that the Lord Jesus Christ is the resurrection and the life, then you will behave as if He is your life. But if not... If it's just words that come out of your mouth, then you will live your life for yourself and not the Lord Jesus Christ. So he asks Martha, do you believe that I am the resurrection and the life? Do you believe that he who dies in me, though he may die, he shall live? And whoever lives, do you believe? Whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe that? And she said, Yes, Lord. That's the most appropriate response. Yes, Lord. Because in affirming, yes, I believe that, that means Jesus is her Master, her Lord, and she's willing to do whatever it is that Jesus asks of her, commands her, desires for her. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. The light of the world has a purpose for you. He has the power to complete it. That's His promise. But it depends on what you believe. It depends on what you, you, believe and your actions will show what you believe today allow, allow the light of the world to shine into the darkness in your life allow him to shine that light into your heart and reveal to you your need of him and surrender yourself to Him. Believe that He is the Son of God. Believe that He walked perfectly in this world without sin and died for your sin so that He could be the payment for your sin. 
and then believe that he was resurrected on the third day and that you will follow him in the resurrection. If you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, he will save you. He will redeem you from the pit of hell and transfer your citizenship from there into heaven. Allow the light of the world to shine His light on you today. Pray with me, please. Lord Jesus, we do love You and praise You for all that You do. We know that in You rests all authority and all power. So Lord Jesus, we ask today that You move in our midst by Your Holy Spirit. It's my prayer that Your will be done right here in this place, as it is done in heaven. Thank you, Jesus. In your name I pray. Amen.